Good morning, everybody. Let's pray. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we come before you and, and open your word to um, start and appreciate this aspect of joy in all seasons. Lord, um, may your Holy Spirit uh, speak through me as well as to me and to all of us today. Lord, as we grapple with the understanding or appreciation of eternal purpose. So Lord, I pray that you be with us and strengthen us. Encourage us today, we pray. Amen. Well, it's been two years since I've been up the front here to speak. Not that I spoke that much. <laughs> but um, it's feeling a long time. A few nerves, a bit of anxiety, all that good stuff that goes on with that. But it's been great to look at the book of Philippians. Uh, turn your Bible to Philippians, actually. We're going to shoot through a couple of little quick things to set the scene on some thoughts. But our topic, enjoy in every season. As um, people have shared this morning, it's been a tough week for the Billet family. Tough's an understatement. Um, to have the impact um, to, to nearly lose a child um, and then the adversity of what may well be ahead and all the unknowns that go with that. How do we be joyful in these situations, in these circumstances? It's not very easy. But in Philippians, when we look through and what um, Chris so kindly shared with us and brought to light, we see that Paul's letter to the Philippian church was really like from a posture of joy. Even though the circumstances that he was in was suffering, probably depressive circumstances, in a Roman jail, lacking health, lacking sustenance, maybe um, concerned about his life and where it would all end. So in this suffering, in this season of his life, how did Paul have this posture of joy? How do we, how do we embrace that? How do we, how do we have just a small aspect of that as we are challenged in each area of our lives through different seasons? Sometimes we have seasons of our life which are joyful. It's very easy to be happy. Sometimes we have seasons of tragedy and it's very virtually impossible at times to be happy. I think there's a main issue with this word joy that um, we take on board in the English language. And obviously when we say the word joy, we have this sense that it's a definition of gladness or happiness. But really in a biblical sense, I feel that joy is more of an assurance that we have. It's something larger than just an emotion. Yeah. And um, because our emotions, as we've already touched on today, are very much associated with circumstances, aren't they not? So the circumstance we, that we're in or are faced with depict our emotion of that time. So joy is not so much in this biblical sense of joy in every season. I'd nearly like to change that word a little bit and call it assurance in every season. See, our joy is in what Christ has done. Our assurance is in what Christ has done. Let's look at, say, chapter 1 quickly of Ephesians. I'm going to move through some, just pick a verse, which for me this week as preparing sort of stood out for that chapter. So chapter 1 for me was a little bit of joy and suffering. 
So look at, um, have a quick look at verse, verse 19. Actually, a part of verse 18 in Philippians chapter 1. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and the help given by the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. Paul here in this, in this first chapter, when there was some conversation around suffering, he saw the, the prayers of his brothers and sisters in Christ in Philippi and also the help from the Holy Spirit as key points to bring about assurance, to bring about this joy in this season that he was in. That was going to deliver him. So Paul had this eternal perspective as well, as we read about when we look through um, the book of Philippians. He has this eternal perspective where it's not about the moment that he's in. It's about what God is doing in the broader sense of glory in his life. But two two quick little points there for, for in suffering. He knows that it's the prayer and the help of the Holy Spirit to see him through. There's some insurance. Quickly look at chapter 2 now. So chapter 2, we might head up joy in serving. I think of those in mission. I think those that are in the season of the life of ministry. I don't just mean turn up on Sunday and do the data. I mean people that are engaged in full-time ministry or heavy ministry where the evil one is really attacking them. How can they have assurance through that? Look at verse 17 of chapter 2. But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, on the sacrifice and the service coming from what the underpinning, what's the foundation there? It's your faith. I am glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. For those in mission or those in ministry where they feel that, you know, things are really tough. Things aren't always joyful in every season. What gives them that assurance? Their assurance is our faith. The underpinning of our assurance that we have. The underpinning of our our Christianity, our underpinning of our faith is what Christ has done in our lives. Just move to chapter 3 now quickly. We'll move across to verse 7. Chapter 3, if you like, is headed up joy in believing. But whatever was to my profit, I now consider lost for the sake of Christ. So this relationship that Paul has with Christ, he now has considered everything that he has, everything that he thinks is worthwhile in this life, everything that he clings to in every season, he now considers loss for the sake of Christ. His hope is in Jesus. His hope is in Jesus Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of what? Knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord for whose sake I have lost all things and consider them rubbish that I might gain Christ. That's Paul's perspective in believing. His hope is in Jesus. We've sang about this this morning. It's been shared from Kath and Tim this morning. Our hope is in Christ. Our hope is eternal. Our joy in every season, how do we sustain that? Or our assurance in every season is a sustained through what Christ has done, what Christ has done 
on the cross, what Christ is doing in our lives. Quickly in chapter 4, um, it's headed up joy and giving, chapter 4, generally. Verse 19. And my God will meet all your needs according to his rich, glorious riches in Christ Jesus. You know, Paul had this assurance that God would sustain him through all circumstances. Paul assured to the letter to the Philippians that even though they gave beyond their ability, that God would sustain them. God will meet all their needs. They can be joyful in the way they give because God will meet their needs. They will have assurance. They have understanding. So how is it the believer can have joy in every season? Paul talks about this joy being embedded in what Christ has done. Two years ago, nearly to this week, um, uh, our son was diagnosed with something that was very concerning. And it was very hard for me to read any passages like these and try to understand what, how to be joyful. How can I have joy in these circumstances? But of course, that's not, that's not the point. The point isn't the joy in the circumstance. Of course, the circumstance brings sadness. It brings heaviness. It brings confusion. Because in our sinful nature, we don't like saying this, but in our sinful nature, we normally say in our humanity it sounds better, but really it's in our sinful nature that we want to be in control, that we want what is what we think is best for us in that point in time. So what is God doing? What is God doing in our lives when we have tragedy? What is God doing in our lives when we have the good times? Let's turn to James and we're going to slow down a little bit now. Let's go to James chapter 1 and look at one aspect of what God is doing. Young Alex, we've been in James, haven't we? We found this one of the hardest passages. So what is God doing in our lives? James chapter 1, start at verse 2, but just read a couple of verses. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in in anything. So what if we were to have the the perspective that these, these trials that we have in life, these tragedies that can occur in our lives, that we need to consider that it's pure joy? Some versions of the Bible might say count. But let's, let's think about that word consider. If I ask you to consider something, it means that you go through all the facets, do you not? You look at each aspect carefully. What James is saying here, right at the beginning, is I want you to consider, I want you to look at every aspect of the joy, or let's use another word, let's use assurance. Look at every aspect of the assurance that you have when you face trials of many kinds. Because you know... And this is the battle with the sinful nature that I find 
is that I know as a believer in Jesus Christ, I know that he's in control. I know that he's the best plans for me, but I struggle with that. Do we not? Do we struggle with that? If you don't struggle with that, you guys are amazing people. (laughs) But I struggle with that. Maybe I need to come to you for counsel, which is a good thing. Consider it pure joy. Consider it carefully about the assurance that we have when we're going through these trials. Because what is the purpose of this? The purpose is to develop perseverance. Our Heavenly Father wants to shape us, whether we like it or not. He wants to shape us. Because his plans for us is beyond what we can see or can ever imagine. Because we're so... We're so, we're so small-minded in many ways. I consider, when I consider eternity and the pathway to eternity, eternity has no end, so that's even hard to comprehend it to start with. But if you consider your life here as a believer in Jesus Christ and then you consider when you leave this world and then eternity starts, if eternity actually has a start, but you begin the next phase of being in absolute glory with our Saviour out of this world, I've lost my train of thought. But when we consider that, it's, it's like in my life, a lot of times I put on a macro lens. In the old days, you'd have cameras and changes lens for what you wanted to take a, an image of. If I wanted to look at something closely, you could put a macro lens on. And I find in my Christian life, in my humanity, in my sinful nature, a lot of the times we have our macro lenses on. We look at the here and now. We want to know very closely. We want to know the detail of why. But if I said to you, put a telephoto lens on, if that means anything to someone that's older, it means you want to take an image of something far away, generally something of beauty. When you put that lens on, you look at something that's far away, you generally can't see the bits in between too well. There might be lots of obstacles or undulations or things in the road but your focus is on something that's in the distance. I want you to stop and think about the trial or temptation that you're going through at the moment and have assurance that look to glory. Look to glory. Don't look with a macro lens on. Don't look at the day-to-day. Don't look in the details of what may or may not work. Look to glory. So be prepared and be understanding that through our times of trials and tribulations that God is shaping us. So how does, how does he, if he's going to shape us, how does he help us cope? Surely when we, when we shape something and mould something, there's distress involved. If I was to shape this in a different way, it might break or it might bend. But we can understand that when we shape something, there's distress involved. Same with our lives. So how do we, what mechanism, what do we have? What does God give us to cope? I want to maybe grab your Bibles and we're going to go to Romans, Romans 15 and verse 13. This verse, verse 13 is a little bit plucked out of the air a little bit, but um, it was something that really has um, strengthened me in these last two years. 
May the God of hope. Now, hope is something that we've just somewhat spoken about. It's the telephoto lens. It's what's beyond what is here. Hope is something that's beyond what is here. Is it not? We're thinking about something that's greater. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. There's this trust. So still, how do we cope? So that you may overflow with the hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So hang on, what's this connection? If I want to overflow with hope, what do I need to allow to work in my life? I need the Holy Spirit to be at work in my life. So if the Holy Spirit is to be at work in our life, what must I be doing? I must be resolving of myself and my own sinful nature. But even at young adults, guys, we talk about this all the time, don't we? Like, how do we, how do we know whether, where we're, are we strengthening this, the spirit or are we strengthening our sinful nature? Where do we spend our time? Where do we spend our energy? Where do we spend our reading? Where do we spend our thoughts? Do we spend it strengthening the work of the Spirit in our life? Are we in God, as we're in God's Word, and as Paul kindly mentioned to the Philippians in chapter 1, he mentioned the prayers. The prayers and the power of the Holy Spirit gives him that joy, gives him that assurance in time to suffering. If you don't know Christ... As your Lord and Saviour, I don't know how you deal with this subject matter of joy in all seasons. I don't know where your assurance is. Because for someone who doesn't know Christ, all they can do is have the macro lens on in life. All they can be doing is looking at the here and now. The Holy Spirit enables us and it strengthens us and encourages us to look beyond, to give us hope that's beyond the here and now. And it's all based around what Christ has done. What Christ has done, and he's enabled you and I to be in eternity with him if we know him as Lord and Saviour, if we accept him as Lord and Saviour. So let's read that verse again. May the God of hope fill you with all the joy, assurance, with all the peace. And we love peace, don't we? If I trust, as I trust in him. So am I trusting in him? I'm recognising I'm handing over control, am I not? Because more often than not, when we're in times of trials, in difficult seasons in our life, we like to be in control. It's our sinful nature. It's right back at the garden. Adam and Eve wanted to have knowledge. They wanted to be the same knowledge of God. We want to be in control. We want to be aware. We want to fix every situation. We want to be God-like. But to hand those things over and say, I trust in you as I trust in him so that you may overflow with hope. The only way we're going to overflow with hope is by the power of the Holy Spirit. There's many times in the last two years when Tim was very unwell, Oh, man. I wanted to wrestle God. Have you ever felt like that? There's this fight, no, that when something is wrong, something's affecting your children. Even, let's put it practically, 
If, some, if someone was to attack your child or attack your loved one, whoever it may be, whoever you have a deep affection for, or something was to attack them or affect them, naturally you want to go and grab something by the scruff of the neck and push it aside and say, have a piece of me. Yeah. Leave them out. It's easy to feel like that sometimes as a Christian with God. And uh, whether I'm being too revealing by sharing that with you or not, I don't know, but that's what it is. I've felt like that. I've felt like I wanted to wrestle with God. And I had to ask him for the Holy Spirit to minister and counsel to me. Because Jesus said, I'm going to leave with you a counsellor. Yeah, a beautiful counsellor. I don't forego the need to see counsellors in, in our secular perspective. It's a, it's a wonderful role, you know. But also for the Christian, don't forget you have a perfect counsellor. It's the Holy Spirit that can be at work in your life. But you need to enable the Holy Spirit to be at work in your life. You can't be just living your own life, choosing your own way, not being in God's word, not being on your knees in prayer, and expect to understand or have assurance and joy in that season of your life. Yeah. Now let's look at First Peter. Grab your Bibles and let's look at First Peter. Chapter 1. So in James, it brought to light that God is shaping us. A short verse in Romans brought to light for us that God gives us a mechanism to cope. He gives us the Holy Spirit. First Peter here. I feel like this is where I want to sort of close in on and finish on because as our joy is in our salvation. Our joy is in our salvation. That's what we, when we see Paul's letter, his, his, his letter is encouraging the Philippian church that their joy is in Christ. Their hope is in Christ. Everything is grounded in Christ in your relationship as a believer with him. Let's read together 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Praise be to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy has given us new birth into a living hope. A living hope. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance. Inheritance, inheritance is something that we haven't earned. But it's given to us because of a loving relationship, is it not? When we have an inheritance, maybe from a loved one, it's because of the loving relationship. It's got nothing to do with what I've done. So we've had this, we've got this inheritance that'll never perish though. Here's the eternal aspect. It never perish, never spoil, never fade, kept in heaven for us, who through faith are shielded. We're protected. Just the other night when we were praying for Lillian on the Zoom, um, you know, we were praying that God would just shield her and protect her and protect that family. Here it is. Our faith shields us. How? By God's power. Until the coming of salvation 
that is ready to be received in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, there's some joy, but that though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so much that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine. Yeah. And may result in praise, glory and honour when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, this is his trust. This is his trust for the believer here in this day. That we have not seen him, you love him, even though you do not see him now. You believe in him and are filled with the inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Joy in every season. The foundation of that is our salvation. If you want assurance, because assurance isn't about the now. Assurance is eternal. If you struggle with areas of your life when it comes to understanding or accepting, be considering the fact that, you know, how much do I allow the Holy Spirit to speak into my life today? If you're not a Christian and you're actually thinking that you struggle in areas of your life where you don't have any joy, you don't have any assurance, there's not many days go past where you don't struggle with something maybe of a, of a mental illness nature or you've got tragedy within a family that's ongoing or you're struggling in relationships, or whatever it may be, whatever seasons of life that you're struggling with, God wants to become beside you. Lord Jesus wants to be beside you. Maybe it's time for you to stop and consider to hand your life over to him. Stop trying to be in control and have the macro lens on, but to be able to hand over your life to him, that he can be Lord of your life. That's the hardest thing for us as believers at time to stop and recognise. The most simplest thing that we say that for a Christian is handing your life over to Jesus. And we get told this at Sunday school and all these things. But at age 47 now, I'm really only just starting to grab hold of what that is. The older we are, the longer we have been in our Christian walk, in our faith journey, if you like, the more understanding that handing your life over to Jesus is very, very hard. Very, very hard. Because it may mean handing over my child. It may mean handing over my spouse. It may mean handing over anything that I dearly love or dearly desire in my life. Give your life over to Jesus is not so easy. But he's a God who loves us and he is a God who gives us a joy and assurance that he is in control. So joy in every season. Not something that's very easy, but we've been reminded in in Romans that we need the overflowing and outpouring the Holy Spirit in our life to fill us with hope. That hope's eternal. Do you today have that hope? Do you today know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal saviour? Or are you sort of playing around the edges? 
Maybe today is the time that you really need to say, Lord, I want to put you as Lord of my life. But it comes with a disclaimer here today that it's not easy. And for those of us who have given our lives to Christ many years ago and are seeing more things in this world, more complications in this world, more sadness occurs, occurring in this world, we start to realise that handing our life over to Christ was a, was a big call. It's a, it's a big thing to do. And it's still challenging whether we're 10 years old or whether we're 90 years old. In fact, the older we are and the more that we've been on a journey with Christ, the more I sometimes realise that how heavy that decision is. But what a joyful decision it is to have in every season, that we know that we have a hope, we have a saviour. And God's given us a counsellor to be with us every day. This joy of the Holy Spirit in our lives that we can have. The Holy Spirit can give you hope and assurance. If you need that Holy Spirit, you need to be asking the Lord, reveal the areas of your life where you want the Spirit to speak into today. Reveal the areas of your life where you want God to take control, whether it's in emotions, or whether it's in healing, whatever it may be, that um, hand your life over to God in that area. I don't have much more to say on the matter because I really feel that I'm not expert on it. But um, joy in every season is really around my salvation, around your salvation. It's around what Christ has done. Christ alone, ultimately. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, as um, we come to you today, we recognise that um, and we thank you that you gave your life that we might have hope and hope eternal. Lord, in every season that um, we have great times and we have times where we struggle, Lord, maybe we rely on your spirit and your spirit's leading to give us this joy and assurance that is nearly incomprehensible. Yeah. Maybe we're leaning on you, Lord, I pray. Lord, I ask for those here today who don't know you as Lord and Saviour, may your Holy Spirit be just speaking to them. May they just see a need to hand their life over to you, Lord, with full understanding and full disclosure that you'll be shaping them, you'll be growing them, but it's for eternal purpose and eternal glory. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.